This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi guys, just another shout out to our uh, podcast sponsor before this episode, uh, FIFA Factory. Um, if you haven't already heard, um, there's a FIFA community online that does 90s overalls set up by Matt Phillip and Rich Anderson. Uh, you basically, you join a league system, you play against other people in your leagues, you get points as mid-season cups, you help each other with ultimate team tips, you help each other with uh, tactics setups, um, you can hopefully try and get your favourite team if they ever become available. Everyone's got the same quality players and it's, it's a barrel of fun, so please do head over to them. And we have the exciting, uh, if you haven't already seen, uh, partnership now with FanHub, which is the brilliant new app, which is um, all about you know helping the fans feel involved and get rewarded for following their team rather than you know it becoming something uh, monetized by some of the bigger corporations. It's a it's a brilliant app worth downloading. Matched with you know it's got score predictions. You can it's got a fan content section based on each club, so you can choose to either follow your own club's news and go have a look at what's happening somewhere else. Um, and we are part of that fan, fan content section now in Hull City, um, which is along with Vavil and um, the Tigers, Tigers, blah, blah, blah podcast. So some brilliant content on there for any Hull City fans wanting to hear. Um, definitely worth the download. It's already on a 1,000 members within the first five days of its launch, I believe. So it's gaining momentum and it is a load of fun. So please do head over and check it out. We, we've shared the Twitter handle about. Thanks, guys. Tigers, tigers burning bright on hallowed turf, a glorious sight. What immortal hand or eye could frame thy fearful symmetry? Welcome back to the to Hull and Back podcast. Um, unfortunately, uh, Ant has decided to abandon us all, but thankfully I've managed to recruit someone else to take his place in the form of Joel. Right, Joel? Special appearance for me, you all right? Yeah, nice long time no speak. Oh yeah, it's been a while. Well, thankfully there is someone else I can talk to about City while Anthony has decided to put family first, which I suppose maybe I don't blame him. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, he's, but got, he's, got to he's do missing. That. He is missing out on a couple of great results to talk about over the Easter weekend. So we'll get straight into it. First of all, we're on uh, Good Friday. Away at Crew at Alexandra. 
great game to watch if you were a neutral. And thankfully, City managed to snatch all three points at the end. And what did you think about it, Joel? I think the uh, the overall game, we probably didn't deserve to win. But it, at this stage of the season, we need to be picking these points up. And Matt Mallet Wilkes' last-minute winner is the per- perfect thing we need to do, especially with how close the top of the league is at the moment. So we'll get straight into it. First of all, we're on uh, Good Friday, away at Crew at Alexandra. Well, yeah, I, I think a couple of the players played well. There was some that were average, but Crew did deserve something from that game. But I can't complaining. Yeah, can't really complain. Yeah, I think it was... Going to the other results, obviously Sunderland were winning comfortably, and I think about 30, I think it was thirty seconds before Wilk, Wilk scored. Jock, um, Clark Harris had put uh, Peter in front, so it was all of it was right at the death. I mean, Sunderland fans probably weren't happy. Oh, they were, I bet they were fuming. Um, I thought, yeah, as a as a game, I would agree that Crew were probably the better side overall, and probably did deserve some, definitely deserve something from the game. Yeah. I thought, it was probably, in terms of both teams, might have been the best match I've watched, best, best actual football match I've watched City in this season. But both teams oh, yeah. played some really good football. And it's a shame in a way that the goals mostly came from pe- penalties because the football didn't reflect that. Yeah, it, it deserved a lot more goals in that game. It's all about natural position. His arm wasn't in a natural position. So if it was in the Premier League, VAR would give it. So the ref made the right exactly. decision. Fortunately for us, but yeah, they did deserve that penalty. Um, I don't know what Ingram was doing on this penalty, to be honest, though. Right, so what were your thoughts on the uh, the penalties then? So obviously, Chris Porter scored Cruz penalty from a, a handball that I, I thought was harsh at first, but when I look at it again, it was one of those where it, he, Greaves' arm is out there. He doesn't know much about it, but his arm is out there. So he can't yeah, see yeah. him giving all the time. Yeah, he was having a little bit of a dance in the net for some reason. Don't know why. Don't Ingram, know Ingram had a decent game up to that point as well. He had Ingram had a great save early on as well to keep out. I think it was Dale, a great header that should have that should have gone in. It was a superb save from him, but I don't know what he was doing on the penalty. Yeah, that, he's been solid all season. And yeah, the the penalty. Well, he was trying to save the penalty, and I don't understand what he was actually doing beforehand. <laughs> no. He um, must have been trying to put him off, but it just didn't work. Yeah, he's been quietly one of the best, I think, underrated by a lot of City fans. And particularly when you look at the statistics in the league, I think he's got 14 clean sheets this season, which is pretty decent. I think only uh, I think only Sunderland's keeper, I can't remember his name, but off the top of my head, is ahead of him, actually, in clean sheets. Lee Badge? I think it's Lee Badge. Yes, it is. Um, he's the other one who's yeah. ahead of him in clean sheets at the moment this season. So he's been one of the top performers up there, but no one's really talked about him that much. But I think he definitely deserves some credit. I think, I think it's... Good results, really, and good clean sheets. Exactly. So, obviously, with them getting their penalty from a unusual... What did you think to uh, City's penalty? Obviously, it was... It's with the defence in front of him as well. He has got, he's protected oh, yeah, by a course. very good defence. But you need a good keeper as well, because if the defence don't trust the keeper, then it's just... there's It's a long shot in getting... I'd say it was a penalty. It was a very soft penalty. But yeah, I thought that it, it was a penalty. That, it looked... as, a whole, as a whole fan, it's a penalty. Yeah, it looked weird on the replay because it looked like Elder went down like about a second later. But it is it's one of the he is caught, so it's one of yeah. those where it is a foul, but it does look a lot worse than it actually was. I think yeah. it played on the referee's mind that he gave the penalty to, to crew for the handball that wasn't Jacob Greaves' fault. So he's kind of thought, well, I'll try and even out a little bit here. Yeah. So he's, he's given the penalty, but maybe he'd have not given it, maybe he'd have just seen it as Elder's made a little bit of a 
theatrical. Tried to win something, yeah. Know, dive out of it. He's tried to be clever, as like the Sky Sports pundits would put it. She's cheating. Um, and obviously McGinney smashed it home. Um, there was no doubt about him scoring that one. Smacking it as hard as he can, right down the middle. Um, speaking of actually McGinnis, obviously coming off the bench, um, what were your thoughts on Tommy's performance, obviously being picked ahead of him? Obviously, he'd scored against Gillingham in the previous match. Obviously, there'd been the international break, which meant McGinnis couldn't play, but he put a bit of faith in Eves. But, um, what was your thoughts on his performance, obviously, with him being picked over McGinnis, despite him being back? It, it's Tom Eves. That's, that's all I'm going to say, really. It's, you, you can give him about 50 chances in a game, he'll put maybe one away, two, if he had 50 chances. He gets into the positions, he has the chances, but he just doesn't know how to finish. I think it's a confidence issue, really. But um, yeah. McGinnis, if he was on an international break, he'd have been starting that game. Yeah, I was on the uh, Fair Tier podcast a couple of days ago for the Easter special, and um, Matt from Gills in the Blood mentioned <laughs> about Tommy's, and uh, I was quite quite complimentary about him. But I think I'll drive I would there. definitely let him go now when I think about it. Yeah, he's he can he can go to Gillingham again next season when we're in the Championship if he wants. Yeah, I think if we go up, he might be one of the casualties. I think McGann McGa- would look at another striker for certain. Dion Charles, he's been linked. Um, so yeah, I think we're going to be trying to sign him if we go up. If we go up, he's definitely in serious trouble. Obviously, that relies on us going up. And at the moment, I don't know who's going up. Confidence, Will, confidence. And obviously, late on in the game, um, Malik Wilkes on his right fucking peg, something he can't use for Toffee, managed to fucking smash it in from at the edge of the box. Oh, crazy. It was- yeah, I thought we'd we'd had the we'd um I think we I thought it was over at that point. We'd had our chances to try and take the lead. We'd had our period of dominance, and I thought it was set settled for a draw. And when at the exact same time as we started attacking, hearing that Peterborough had scored, it was like, oh no, fight. Yeah, because we were for about thirty seconds, we'd gone down to second in the league. Yeah, so, and I believe uh, Wilkes might have got you a few quid with that goal. Is that correct? Oh yeah, last minute. To be fair, I had Sunderland as well, so they scored a couple of late goals. But yeah, Malik Wilkes last minute goal, it, it, 115 quid. Not not bad. I was happy with that. Very good Friday. Oh, it's brilliant Friday. Right, so who would you have? Who would you say were like our best performers on the day of the, for the crew game? Then I think Greg um, Doherty is very consistent. He's always, he's always at a good, really good level, and he, he put in another good good shift. And uh, who else could I say had a good game? Louis Coyle as well. Louis Coyle has been Mr. Consistent. He's managed to keep probably our early season best player out of the team in Josh Emmanuel. And he, he has deserved it as well. He's been brilliant. Um, so I think they've been my top two players for the game. Um, and then there's Wilkes with a goal as well in the last minute, which that 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 puts him up there as one of the top performances for me, just because he's he won me all that money. <laughs> yeah, don't blame me. Yeah, yeah Wilts is definitely was definitely considering recently. He's, yeah, it was nice to see him game back on the score sheet and start sort of create something out of nothing. I thought, even though obviously he was responsible for the penalty, I thought Jacob Greaves had another really good game, and he was good. He, apart from the penalty, I didn't really he didn't put a foot wrong. And I mentioned him already, um, even though he was a bit weird on the penalty. Oh, Matt Ingram had another great, was also really good. Man of the match, worthy. Oh, yeah. Straight um, away. Was there anyone 
I know I've already mentioned these, but is there anyone else who you would probably say should maybe needs to improve? I don't know, really. Um, I think in terms of defensive positioning, Callum Elder got caught out a few times, but that's the type of fullback he is. He likes, to, he likes to bomb forward. He likes to get up the pitch, so he's leaving his gap behind him, and sometimes he was getting caught out there, I think. Um, other than that, I can't really think of it. Yeah, I think Elder's definitely one of those. Elder's one of those that's way better going forward. Yeah, I think he does need a rest at some point, but I don't. I think we should start this thing of uh, hashtag Where's Max Clark? <laughs> yeah, where, where, where is he? He's um, not even. We've not even bench. had any updates, have we? Has, has he had? Have we had any updates on his injury? I don't believe so. No, I don't think I, I ain't checked what Grant said recently in terms of injuries, but. Um, He's not, he's not even been on the bench, which is a surprise, to be honest. Yeah, was, what's the point in signing him if he's not going to be in anywhere near the squad? Well, I feel if we are in the Championship next season, I think he's one of those that were... I think he'll probably have maybe more of a chance of appearing. If he signs a new deal. I think, if we, go up, I think if we go up, he'll sign a new deal. I'm not sure if we stay down. He might still, but I'm not sure. But I think if we go up, he will. It all depends on if Elder stays, because the both one would be fighting over the position, because... He'll look at the Josh Emmanuel Louis Coyle situation of think, do I really want to be sitting on the bench every week if Elder's yeah, That's very well? true. That is very true. Um, so obviously with a, a three points taken all the way from crew, we moved on to Easter Monday and a nice trip at the KCOM for Northampton Town. And that went rather well for City yet again. Three goals, um, comfortable dominant performance. And um, what were your thoughts on it though, Joel? You could say you could say it's a stroll in West Park, not just a stroll in the park. We we <laughs> dominated the entire game. I can't see any. Well, couldn't see any threat from Northampton at all. They didn't. They didn't look like scoring for the most part, which was very like it's the centre halves, the full-backs, just the the solid yet again. And then Ingram, whenever he well, was he needed, I don't think Ingram was needed that much. I think the def- the, the defense gave our attack the platform to just get forward and just keep peppering Northampton. Could have been could have been five, six or seven nil instead of just the three nil. But yeah, it's, it was a good game. It was probably I, I think I not even probably it was definitely the best game at the KCOM this season, I would say. Definitely City's best performance at the KCOM by a mile. And like you say, yeah. they should have won by six or seven, quite honestly. Northampton were City were just it was a straw in the park, as you say. Uh, I don't see, I couldn't see it. Once the first goal went in, I think it was almost certain what the result was going to be at that point. It was just a yeah. matter of by how many. Um, that's nothing against Northampton, but they're, they're a side down near the bottom. They're fighting, obviously, relegation, but City just looked different class against them. You could tell the difference in the, in the league between the two sides, which is rare yeah, for City, yeah. considering normally when we play a team at the bottom, we usually struggle. Yeah, we usually struggle and then end up losing 1-0 like we did against Ben Albion, which to be fair, I don't ben really want to remit that game. But meant to be positive. Yeah, to be fair. I think, I think we lost to MK Dons after then as we, well. We um, lost to Shrewsbury and Nick Switch game. Well. That was, yeah, so it could have easily been a banana skin game that could have seen Sunderland and Peterborough gain some ground on us with their yeah, games in was, hand as well. So that was the important thing about the game is that on the at the same time Peter were playing Sunderland and really it was a case of I think it, for me personally it was a case of I would have been found for Peterborough win because it would have kept Sunderland further away and third place further away. And obviously a draw is probably the best result because it keeps us further in front. I think Sunderland winning would have been the worst result because it 
closes the gap between all three considerably. I, I think Sunderland win would have been the best result, personally, with, um, with them having to play Blackpool twice before the end of the season. If they won that game and their Blackpool will probably, I'd say Blackpool will probably beat them, then they'll lose that ground they've gamed on us straight away. But then it's all it's all ifs and buts. Like yeah, it, that relies it on Blackpool. Blackpool beat yeah. them. I think either way, the draw, I think in the in the end, the draw is probably the best thing that could come from that game overall because it keeps both teams from gain, gaining ground on City, really. Yeah. Obviously, Callum Elder, where winning the penalty against Crew decided to um, score one of the goals of the season for us. It's not one of it was the goal of the season. I think it's going to be some some top in that. I think Louis Coyle, his goal was probably up there as well. But in terms, I'm going to say he's the best league goal of the season. Yeah, he, them, I, them I, two. I made myself the... look a little bit silly there by saying that because Louis Coyle's goal was probably better. No, but, no, um, I think I think both were quite similar goals. Obviously, both were fullbacks. And obviously yeah. there was there was another um, Sw- um Keen Lewis Potter scored a really great individual goal against Swindon Town as well in the league. Yeah. And um obviously Greg Doherty scored that stupid dribbling goal against Lincoln in the cup as well. But he's definitely yeah. up there with those goals. Um I would put it up there. Um especially when he's coming from a fullback, I think it just feels even better. It's just hit and hope. Yeah, he, he side it very nicely, killed quite a bit, which suggests uh, quite a bit of technique behind it. Um, obviously, Coyles was quite, I'm just going to smash this and hope it goes in, and it went right in the corner. Elder, I think, in general, was probably the best player on the pitch as well. Obviously, he got the assist for the third goal. Yeah, I'd agree. Hush, it wasn't really talked about as much as the other players up front, and obviously Honeyman and Doherty, but I think he's starting to get maybe the plaudits he deserves, because I think he's quietly been one of our best players easily. And I think he's, he's I think got better as the season's gone. He has. Um, and he, I mean, assist-wise, he's not far off of Honeyman either. Yeah, isn't, I don't know how far he is away, but... Um, I think he's on nine, and obviously Honeyman's on 12. Oh, yeah, so he's close. He's really close then, yeah. I know he's got the more assists than pretty much every defender in the league, quite by quite a margin, yeah. as you'd expect. Um, defenders don't often get assists. But I think it says a lot about his, his attacking plays, superb when he goes forward, the amount of assists he's got. He always looks dangerous when putting the balls into the area as well. I yeah, think if does. we had, a, if we had a, we'll go on to it soon about which players we take from from other um, teams. I think, but um, if we had a striker or if we had more players that could put chances away, Elder being double figures by a long way because the balls that he's putting in are going literally into the penalty spot, or into the six-yard box. Oh well, I think him and Honeyman would probably have double the assists they have if. Uh... Greaves could put a ball in the back of the net. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, yeah. Crew was the first game in about about a month that Greaves hadn't missed a chance. That He didn't really get a chance to actually miss, did he? No. No, which is which is different, like a different thing, really, because we usually see him um, getting these chances. And obviously, Keane Lewis Potter had another decent game. Obviously, he scored the second goal, obviously, with Albeit with a bit of a deflection. Obviously, he got an assist, obviously, for Elder, and then he scored that. He had a couple of chances where he could have scored more. Um, I thought it was nice to see Kelp. He'd gone a little quiet the last couple of games, but it looked like he was coming back into it again. I thought Wilkes was quite quiet against Northampton, um, but Keane Lewis-Paul wasn't, so at least one of them was. And obviously McGinnis, as always, was just bullying the defence. Yeah, it's just a big unit at the top. In terms of, obviously, best players on the pitch, who would you probably go for? 
you you already covered Carmelda. I put Carmelda up there definitely. Um, Matt Ingram could have probably got a deck chair out and gone to sleep. <laughs> so I don't know. I think Leibovitz class has a good performance really because he's not really he didn't really have much to do. But um, as well as that, I'd say Regan Slater. Yes, um, I wanted to talk about Regan Slater. People know that I do not like Regan Slater. Yeah, um, but against Crew against Northampton, he has looked like he's slotted into his defensive midfield role really well. And hopefully he'll start putting more of these performances in. Maybe he'll win me over. Maybe. Yeah. A few games ago when Bert got injured and Alfie Jones had to go back into mid back into defence, which concerned me a lot because Jones have been so good in defensive midfield. And obviously yeah. when he, when that first game when he said Regan Slater was playing, I was like, oh no. Because up until this point, he has not impressed me really at all. But in these last like three or four, these last three or four games. I think he's been really good. He's been in, he's been as good as Jones has been in that position the last couple of games. Yeah. Um, and he, he looks like he's been there the entire time. It, it's such a nice transformation from where he was. Yeah. And it, it, it's, it creates a problem because when Berg's back from injury, does he drop Slater and put Jones back there, even though yeah. they're playing so well? Or do you keep Jones and you keep Berg on the bench? Well, it's a good problem to have for Grant, but... I don't envy him for having to make a choice there. If needed, to be able to change it up a little bit because yeah. against these other teams, like uh, we've yeah. got Sunderland soon, I think Smallwood would be a decent player to have in against Sunderland, even if it's just for 60 minutes, just because he'd be able to keep our players calm if Sunderland do start putting the pressure on. Yeah, um, but I, I think, like I said at the moment, with Slater playing as well as he does, Ralphie Jones playing as well as he does, um, it, it creates a good problem. Um, oh, yeah. Other players, I thought, I thought Coyle once again, like you say, Mr. Consistent, had another great game. Same as Elder. Obviously, El, I think Elder was the man of the match for me, definitely. Um, but it's like McGuinness. McGuinness had that goal ruled out early on, which I thought was never offside. But thankfully, he still had a good game. He was managed to keep going despite that. Yeah, he kept his head up. Um, I thought, yeah, Doherty once again had a fantastic game. Um, whenever... I thought Honeyman was a bit quieter, but whenever Honeyman's like a little quieter, I thought he was still decent. But whenever he's a bit quieter, usually Doherty matches up and sort of like, yeah. Usually, if one of them's quiet, the other one isn't. If they're both quiet, that's when we have our really bad games. Yeah. But um, yeah, let me say Louis Coyle again with his good performance. I do feel sorry for Josh Emmanuel because he, he couldn't do much more to get in the team. He was one of our best players. Coyle's yeah. come in. It's weird because when he first got dropped, I was a bit iffy about it, because um, obviously he'd been so he'd been playing so well. Um, yeah. But I think Coyle, I I do think Coyle has been better than Emmanuel was personally. But I think it's one of those where he could pick either based on the way they were playing. To be fair. Hundred percent. I thought Gavin White when he came on as well had a decent cameo. Obviously he scored. It was a real nice. It was a nice bit of movement and finish from him. Um, he had a decent, and I thought Crowley when he came on looked really keen to make things happen as well. To, to be fair, I was I was watching the game, but when it got to that stage of the game, I was a bit. I knew we'd won, so I, was, I kind of switched off. Said it well, was there was, that, there was the period. I'm sure, I'm sure they had a good game. <laughs> there was the period <laughs> between I think it was about sixty minutes and eighty minutes, where City did show some signs of. Uh, I don't want to say complacency, um, but something they've done a lot, which is have chances and not take them. 
they've had a lot, they had a lot of guillotine chances which they didn't take, and they were doing that a lot earlier in the season. And I think when you free nil up, you can get away with it. But if you're playing one of the bigger sides, it can be an issue. It's like it'd be like the Ipswich game all over again, I'd say. Um, did we actually no? Would it be like that in those types of games? The chances we did get were wasted and it cost us. But yeah, yeah, there was. We, we, it happened, it happened uh, quite a lot earlier um, in the season as well. It was. It has been. It was like that, especially in December, January time. Yeah, it it would probably be a lot more clear in the league if we were playing well throughout the entire season. All were a bit like, well, McCann's got to go now. But yeah, he's stayed and credit to him, he's got us back playing well again. But um, yeah, he's still got a long way to, He's got a long way to get into everyone's good book. Yeah, I, I don't, I'm still not a massive fan of him, but I can't criticise him at the moment for the way the City are playing. No, there's, there's nothing we can really say. Maybe score more. That's the only thing we can really say. It's funny because... We are like the top scorers in the league still now, and we're back on the best goal difference, and we're still complaining that we're not scoring enough. But I think it's testament to how good our attack's been at times, that even though we're the top scorers, we yeah. should have probably scored maybe 10, 15 more goals than we actually have. Yeah. So I think I think between our, our strikers, we've scored 55, I figure, because really pushed us up there this season, which, to be honest, having... having Good strikers, all scoring every week. Not seen that in a while for City. It was just yeah, Bowen be, keeping us afloat be, for a few years. It'll be close to. It'll be somewhere between forty and fifty. I think it is. Yeah, which and we've scored sixty-eight, so it wouldn't be far off that. Right, so obviously we're six points out of six from Northampton and crew look forward to the games coming up. And obviously next up on their Saturday is Plymouth away. Obviously Plymouth, uh, mid-table side, not really fighting for promotion or relegation, but that shouldn't break them off at all because I think they have played some decent football at times this season. And I think we had a we had a bit of trouble when we played them earlier in the season, actually, as well. So I, don't think, I think obviously every game you've got to take, I think every game you've got to take seriously. And uh, this is one of them once again. Yeah, I think with with this game, Plymouth don't have any pressure at all. We yeah, have all yeah. the pressure. So if they can use that to their own advantage, we could crumble. I'm hoping not, but it is a possibility. Hopefully not, yeah. When we, when we played them earlier in the season, it, it feels like an age ago because the goal scorer was a delicate. Um, so it feels like ages ago now. Oh, I miss him. I do actually. I don't think he'd be playing regularly. Obviously, we play like I think Gavin White is probably a better player. Yeah, so we, we wouldn't have signed Gavin White if Adelican was still at the club. So I guess there is, that is a plus, really. Yeah. Um, I'm just looking at the other fixed, obviously, with, while we're playing Plymouth, Sunderland are playing Charlton. Obviously, with Nigel Adkins there, hopefully, he can do us a favour um, for his old well, club against club. Sunderland. Mm. And Peterborough play um, Swindon Town who did beat us earlier in the season. I don't, I don't think they're a team that needs, can be sniffed at, but I think it's a bit, it is obviously a match you'd expect some um, Peterborough to win. Yeah. So we do need to, I think we do need to be targeting three, three points from Plymouth for certain just to keep the pressure up. But yeah, there is a chance, I, obviously, I with them. Go on. With, with our away form, we've, we've been one of the best away sides in the league. We've scored the most away goals by a long way. 
I think the writing's on the wall. We should come away with all three points. But it could have typical City written all over it and we could end up getting beat 4-0 or something like we did it, against Fleetwood earlier think, in the season. Yeah. It could go horribly wrong. It's one of those, you, I don't think it's really, you can't really predict this one because it is one of the, like you say, they're a team that have nothing to lose. So it could go either way, quite frankly, the way that the City play. I mean, I would say Crew, Crew were in a similar sort of position and we when we played them and they gave us a really good game. Yeah, I suppose. But Crew um, do have an outside chance. I think they are a very, they are, they are very big off. outsiders. Well, I, I have a feeling... I think there's maybe one spot to fight for in the playoffs at the moment. Charlton have got good form under Adkins, Ipswich, look okay under Paul Cook. Gillingham out a bad shout. Um, I think the playoffs is going to be Blackpool and Portsmouth for guarantees um, in the playoffs. Yeah. Lincoln, Lincoln have dropped like a stone from where they were. Their, their form is appalling in recent times. So I think they're going to drop out of the playoffs. I think it's going to be either Charlton, Ipswich or Gillingham who come in. Yeah, to be honest though, with the games in hand, um, Portsmouth can probably get somewhere close to us if we do slip up. So it's not guaranteed even Portsmouth will be finishing the playoffs, but um, it is a very big like outside chance. Yeah, I do think the top three is going to be is going to remain the top three as it is. But Portsmouth and Blackpool, the form they're in, they, they shouldn't be definitely shouldn't be uh, written off in any way of them um, pushing even further forward. Yeah. Um, so obviously with yeah. us playing Plymouth, what's your sort of score prediction? Would you say? I'm gonna go three one. I think three one will end up winning. Um, I think Plymouth will score early on, and then I think uh, over, over the course of the game, I think we'll get a couple of goals, and uh, yeah, I think we'll see this one out and come away with all three points with a long journey home. Fair enough. I'm gonna go for two one, similar to you. I think it's gonna be one of those where um, both teams. I think it's going to be a closer game. I like the crew game where it's going to be level for a good part of it. And I think it's going to be another, maybe not as late, but I think it's going to be a late goal again that settles it. What do you think, like, think team-wise, what do you think is going to go down like? So what? what's the sort of 11 you'd post on FanHub, for example? I've already got my FanHub 11 ready. Uh, I'll, just, I'll just name them now. I've got them on the top of my head. So I'd, I'd go with Ingram, Coyle, Greaves, Jones, Elder, Slater, Doherty, Honeyman, Lewis Potter, McGuinness, Wilkes, which, to be honest, is probably our best 11 that's currently Yeah, un- unchanged 11. Yeah, I think I'd probably go with the same as you. That's probably what I'm going to put on that. The only, the only change I could think of maybe is bringing Gavin White in, but I don't see dropping either King Lewis Potter or Wilkes, to be honest. Um, so probably... Unless yeah, um, I think because of how well they played on Monday, it'll be the same eleven. He can't really, he can't really change the side after such a good performance. No, he shouldn't anyway. But it's Grant McCann. You never know. You do never know. To be fair, um, so um, I know and put a couple asked for a couple of questions on Twitter. So we've got a couple of questions just to have a look through. So yeah. the third tier podcast. Who's the uh, best opposition side we've played this season, in your opinion? I think in terms of the way they demolished us, it probably would be Fleetwood earlier in the season. They just picked us apart, made Yardy Device look very silly on different occasions. I think probably the best side overall, I think the best side we've played this season might be... Hmm... 
probably Blackpool, honestly, when we played them earlier in the season. Um, <laughs> when we played them earlier on, we uh, obviously had the three-two win at Christmas, three-two loss at Christmas, and then we drew with them at the KCOM. And yeah. I think they're the only t- they're they're taking four points off of us, um, and I think they've been one of the best sides in the league outside of playing against us as well. They're probably if, if any if any team for me is gonna break into that top three that isn't there at the moment. Personally, I'd say Blackpool. Um, yeah. The, 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 the way they play football is great. I'm so glad we don't have to play them again now this season. Oh, yeah, they, they pick us apart. Uh, I think they, you could even argue that they deserved all six points against us this season. We got away with one in that 2-2 two, two draw. Yeah, you could argue that, yeah. Um, so, just on to another question. Um, Gills in the Blood podcast um, asked, if you could take any player from any side in the division to play in your team, who would it be? I think in terms of what we'd need to that would push us even further ahead in the league would be a striker that scored over 20 goals. McGuinness has got 12, but then you've got the likes of Johnson, Clark, Harris at Peterborough and Charlie White at Sunderland that have both got over 20 each. I think Clark Harris has got 26, actually, so it'd probably be him. But yeah, he has, he's, he's got 26. An unbelievable striker. Yeah, unbelievable striker. And I think if you put him in our team, we'd be miles ahead of where we are now. Yeah, I think I think Johnson Clark is a, is a great shout, to be fair. And he was one of the first ones I thought of. But I'm prob- I would probably go for Jerry Yates at Blackpool. Um, he's been superb for them this season. He's got 18 goals. He's sort of, he can play attacking midfield and up front. He's more of a, he's more of a wide man than a forward. So it, I think it would... Yeah. He's similar to KLP and Wilkes in those modes. And I think a front three yeah. of them, it feels bad dropping, like you said, dropping McGinnis feels unfortunate because he has been so good for us. But I think yeah, it feels it'd be nice to have a striker in the middle who score, who, I mean, he might end up finishing with a really good record. To be fair, he's currently on, I think, 13. So he's on a decent record. But like you say, someone like Clark Harris, who's got double that. I think Yates, who's not only got 18 goals, I think he's got a Good few assists as well. And good on the assists. Uh, actually, on a similar one about players, um, Rich Walker, obviously of Tigers Blah 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 podcast, um, asked, please talk about Aidan McGeady. Oh, if there's any Sunderland fans listening, the main mention of George Honeyman's name just makes them angry. <laughs> it just, <laughs> like, Honeyman got voted as the best player in League yeah. One by, was it? What, what, what was the, it? Uh, was, it was four four two magazine released the. It was their fifty best. It was their fifty best players in the EFL, and Honeyman was the highest League One player in the list. So by yeah. proxy, yeah. he's the best League One player. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't. I do understand Sunderland fans when they say oh, Aidan McGeady, best player in the league, blah blah. But the sheer ground that Honeyman covers. He's got his assists, he's chipped in with a few goals, he's tackling, he's breaking up play, he's he's giving our other players a chance to perform themselves. Whereas McGeady, he assists, maybe grabs a couple of goals. Other than that, he doesn't unlock the rest of his team like Honeyman does. Yeah, I think McGeady has he's definitely one of the best players in the league at them, definitely based on oh, yeah. form. But 
like you say, it isn't just on those pure like goals and assist stats. I think people need to not just look at those because of the way that Honeyman does the amount of stuff he does defensively um, as well as offensively. He's just he's such a good all round player. Yeah, he's come on leaps and bounds since that championship season. Oh yeah, he's a completely different player almost. Um, I know obviously some Sunderland fans don't like him, but there, there, I have seen a few Sunderland fans who were like, he looks like a completely different player from when they had him as well. So I think sometimes your memory can, like if you see a player who used to play for the club and they look completely, there was shit when they were here, but then the race somewhere else, you do have that bit of, oh, why wasn't it the same here? Yeah, what, what have they done differently to get the best out of him? Exactly. So yeah, Aidan McGeady is a decent player. The thing is with McGeady, though, as well, him being, he wasn't, he, hadn't, he didn't start playing until probably till January. I think Parkinson, who was at Sunderland, didn't actually play him at all. Um, and I think Lee Johnson had to try and convince him to start playing. Um, yeah. On top of, which is like, that's, can you say someone's been the best player of the season if they've only played half the season? Yeah, it's, it's ludicrous how the uh, Sunderland fans are trying to. But you, you know what Sunderland fans are like. They, they always want to be the best. They've got that sort of big club mentality where, oh, this has got to be the best, or we've got the best fans, or we've got the best stadium. They're always trying to push themselves up. Oh, they're, um, fan, they're but, a fan base. They're going to have to do some catching up to do to get up to the billions and billions of Sheffield Wednesday fans. Oh, all them that are still outside Wembley now, Yeah, five years later. Well, and the other thing is, I think with him being 34 as well, he's one of those where... While I think he's a good player, he's one of those where he's he's not going to carry it on, I think, for much longer. I think this might be his last... This probably will end up being his last great season. Yeah. I think he, And I think League One might be his level now. Whereas I think Honeyman can still improve and go on leaps and bounds from where he was. Yeah, he'll be playing in his new position in the Championship next season if we go up. Because he played a little bit deeper due to the likes of John Terrell and... Yeah, I forgot the names of the ones that played up there now. But, he played a more defensive. That much much more, he played a much more central midfield role, whereas now he plays more of an attacking midfield See, role. Yeah, that that would be a better way to put it. <laughs> right, so I think we'll end it there. Um, it's very nice to have you on, Joel. A uh, nice rare occasion. Obviously, if there's any one out there, obviously, more <laughs> Joel, just send a message, and obviously, we'll try and get him on with Anna as well. We'll try have a three-person podcast. Uh, we'll try and get, obviously, an episode out shortly after the Plymouth game. If you've got any questions or anything, if you want to send anything our way, just obviously get in touch with us on Twitter. Uh, it's obviously at Hull underscore and underscore back. Um, but thanks for giving us a listen, and we'll see you next time. Welcome back to the Amber. Ne- That's bad. That was the Amber Nexa podcast I just said then. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, no. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.